that he does not come with the eloquence uh, or the wisdom that the, uh, um, Kevin was talking about. But we come in brokenness and weakness, but we come in obedience. Because God said, and God opens the door, we, uh, we say yes. And that's why we are standing here. And uh, you know, uh, most of you know that English is not my first language, but I get to read the scripture because Gary uh, had a, uh, actually a brain injury that touched his, uh, the language uh, ability. <coughs> So he might get very fast, or he has a little uh, problem. So I'll read the scriptures. Um, okay, it's, it's from Acts 1, um, verse 1 to 11. Do we have a, a thing? And I'll read from a New International Version. It might be a little different than what's uh, being flashed up. Acts 1, 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of uh, 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And the next passage is 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. Second Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, 
then I am strong. Another passage, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. Pastor Kevin, can you pray for us, please? Father, we thank you God for another day, a day where you called us to come to Sabbath before you, to behold your beauty, to behold your glory, and to really find ourselves being found in you. And God, I ask for a blessing upon Pastor Gary and Holly, and I pray that as they speak, or just as the, the words that we just read, but we, we want to experience the power of your Amen. Holy Spirit. Lord. Not, not a power that's fabricated by human ability, but one that comes supernaturally. So God, we open up our hearts, and we ask for what only you can do, which is a divine touch of God on each and every person's heart. And so, Father, anoint and bless Pastor Gary as he gives us your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. By the way, uh, good morning. By the way, this is my sister, Becky. She's a, I'm the baby brother of three. Oldest sister, Becky. It's wonderful to be with you today. Um, as a church, uh, my family was for about 15 years in the Boston area. We heard a sermon several weeks years ago about uh, start the new year in fall. And the series was, first sermon of the series was called Wait from Acts 1. The same passage we read about one where, where Jesus told his disciples to wait for the power from on high. Actually, in Boston, that's kind of an unusual thing to hear from our September. Students come to start things, school, new school, new jobs, but... Like they were told to wait from Acts 1. His disciples were told to wait for the power that comes from on heaven. In New Testament Greek, there are two words for key words for power. Their power and strength, exousia and dunamis. Say after me, exousia, dunamis. Exousia, dunamis. Uh, Most people come to Boston as it is, that's where schools are, but some would come to Seattle too for exousia purposes. Exousia is in power and authority. Um, natural ability, rational thinking, position and recognition. That's exousia. It's a biblical word too, but it's a word often used poorly by people, sometimes used positively too. In the, in the leadership and the uh, education for our children it requires exousia of training, proper training, legal, legal things we don't look for exousia too for our doctors and for our lawyers. And for Christians too, but sometimes exousia can be used poorly. For example, in Jesus' life, the word exousia was used uh, poorly by his critics, the uh, Pharisees and scribes and uh, elders of the teachers. 
They said, by what, by what exousia do you come? Who are you? What, who gave you this exousia? And sometimes they wanted to say, they didn't know where he had educated, didn't know what his family was like. Where'd you get this exousia? So exousia is one word. The other word is dunamis. Dunamis is where we get the word dynamite from. That's the word that Jesus used in Acts 1.8. He received dunamis from on high. Um, exousia is used negatively by disciples, of, by critics of Jesus, but Jesus himself used it positively. Acts uh, 7, Matthew 7, after he finished Sermon on the Mount, said people were surprised because he taught them with true exousia, not as the disciples, not as the Pharisees taught, but as, but as with true exousia. And when Jesus was taken up to heaven, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, he said, all exousia has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go, make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So positive use of exousia is, is our supposed to be our goal, but it comes by dunamis power. Sometimes dunamis power is like, I remember, uh, went to Korea in 1983 and 88, first time 83, 88 again. But dunamis power reminds me, reminds me of my, my first trip to Korea. We had to drive around mountains, round and round, round. But now through dunamis power, they go through tunnels. Tunnels crash them, blow, 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 blow tunnels through the mountains. Um, and um, a couple other passages, Matthew, Acts 1 was one. Luke 24, 49, when Jesus, before Jesus ascended to the Father, I, I'm going to, going to send you what my Father has promised to stay, but stay in the city and you, until you have been clothed with dunamis from on high, with power from on high. Acts 1, 8, you receive power from on high, from the Holy Spirit when it comes upon you. Ephesians 3, 16, I pray that out of his glorious power, he may strengthen you with dunamis, through the spirit of in, in, in your inner being, through the Holy Spirit. When Jesus told his disciples to wait for the power, he was talking about dunamis, something that can't be done, makes possible, impossible things possible by the power of God. Our exousia is sometimes used, we think wisely, but sometimes not so wisely. Sometimes our exousia gets stripped away. In 2010, July 3rd, my exousia got stripped away my apparent exousia got stripped away, and God's telling me now to depend upon dunamis power from on high. Uh, from my accident, I passed from dependent upon my exousia, my God-given exousia, to depend upon God's dunamis power. As some of you heard from July 3rd, 2010, I nearly died of a bus accident in Korea. After a week in ministry in Korea, at a Christian university there, I was going to take a bus to the airport, catch a flight to Sri Lanka, my dear friend. I'd been a week of ministry in Korea. I don't remember anything about that week at all. It was totally wiped away from my head. And I was going to, to Sri Lanka. I'd been there a dozen times before. My friend had never been there, but he wanted to go with me. So um, we're going through an airport bus. Airport bus has a toll bridge just before they reach the Incheon airport. Toll bridge. And there was a bus, the bus didn't see two vehicles at the toll bridge. One was, had stalled, been left there empty. It had been struck by another truck. And then the bus tried to swerve around them at the end of his trip. It was on a bridge. 
the truck swerved around them and fell upside down, landed upside down 30 feet down. There were 24 people aboard the bus, the driver and 23 passengers. Uh, 14 died that day. I was in a coma for 10 weeks. About two days later, my wife and Holly and my daughter, Lisa, they flew to Korea with them, knowing whether, knowing, knowing, not knowing if I'd be alive when they got there. But by God's grace, I'm still here. <laughs> still working for God's ministry. In a few moments, and if everything changed, when I heard the sermon by church about God's dunamis power, I realized past mostly I'd used my God-given exousia power for God to serve God and others. But now my exousia, visible exousia, had been stripped away from me. Now God wants me to wait upon his dunamis power. I'm not fully recovered from the accident. Physically, mentally, emotionally, there are still many needs I have, as you can tell. I have, have, have had to relearn everything, how to eat and drink, how to go to the bathroom. I'm still learning almost new how to speak clearly, slowly, loudly, how to walk. I have so many weaknesses. I cannot drive now for the last, last eight, nine years. Can't drive. I just drive my wife everywhere. Now she drives me everywhere. She can't see well at night either, so it's dangerous for us. <laughs> Thanks for your prayers. Writing is very difficult for me, too. Like uh, Pastor Kevin said, I wrote three books before and, and a hymnal, but I can't write theologically these days without a lot of, a lot of help. Speaking is very difficult for me, too, as you can tell. I'm no longer under contract as a professor or a pastor. I was a pastor and pastor full-time for 12 years, professor full-time for 14 years. Always had insurance taken care of by those jobs and income taken care of by those jobs, but not not since 2010. Our income has, our health income and health care no longer secure. With all the uncertainties, our anxiety and fears are near us, especially me. I used to consider speaking and teaching to be my spiritual gifts, but now in my weakened state, this is very difficult for me. So I have uh, nothing of the eloquence or what I thought was my, my spiritual gifts. First, for First Corinthians 2, 4 says, Paul says, my message was my preaching were not with power, with wise or persuasive words, but with demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might depend on not on human wisdom, but on God's power, God's dunamis power. Paul once saw himself before his conversion as a Pharisee of Pharisees. I once saw myself as an evangelical of evangelicals. I was more the theologically astute than most evangelical teachers. Uh, but I was wrong. I was wrong then and wrong, more wrong now. <laughs> it used to be fairly easy, or so I thought, to prepare a semester's worth of teaching. As Pastor Kevin was in one of my class, I'd taught that class many times before. And um, what are week-long seminars or Bible study for a weekend or Bible study week? Weekend? Um, by God's grace, I need much help now, as we all do. Sometimes we don't recognize it, though. My speech, my ability to write effectively, have been taken away. I had so many scriptures memorized before. I used to, I used to preach sermons without even looking down at notes. I hadn't memorized. But now my memory has been taken away from me. I have to try to rebuild my memory through scripture memory again. And traumatic brain injury, I suffered TBI. 
stripped away so many things for me at such an early young age. I was 52, 54, 52 when I had the accident. Just a young kid. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever recover enough to go back to full-time pastoring or full-time teaching. Even this, what I'm doing, sharing with you now, it took so much help from others, mostly Holly. In an instant, this accident took so much away from me. My ability to teach, write, speak have been stripped away. Even my, my identity as a person wanted to be used by others, that's been taken away too. A lot of people start to um, look down at me as a needy guy, as a, as a hurting guy, which is true. We're all needing, all hurting. But that, that became my identity in most people's eyes. So God tells me to wait upon him for the dunamis power. There's a paradox of power that 2 Corinthians 12 mentions. In this passage, Paul speaks about the thorn in his flesh that most people think was some kind of physical affliction. It had been a physical affliction for some time, so Paul prayed three times, take it away from me, take it away from me, take it away from me. But Paul said, but God said to Paul in verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My dunamis comes through in weakness. When you're weak, then you're strong. Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Paul says, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, insults, hardships, and persecutions, and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. We live in a generation where power is to be worshipped, is worshipped by many. Everyone lives to have some sort of, seems to have some sort of authority or power, recognition. We cry out to be heard and recognized. And our values are often found in powerful, how powerful we feel in the worship and the way, in, the way in, in this world. If we don't feel powerful in the world, we have no value, we think. We spend so much energy to try to hide our weaknesses and to appear strong and in control. To say that I, that I will boast about my weaknesses is so totally countercultural and goes against the grain of human thinking, human pride. To say that when I'm weak, I'm strong is very difficult for our human minds to grasp. Maybe now that my exousia has been stripped away from me, my visible exousia has been stripped away, I'm beginning to get a glimpse of what God means by this, God, what God is talking about. Not your own strength, but my dunamis power, Gary. Although a strange concept to our minds, we, seem to, we need to see that this has always been the way that God deals with his people, especially with his servants. For example, think about the following people. Noah, Abraham, Jacob, who was a heel grabber, turned to Israel. Joseph, who became a king after going through all kinds of hardship and shackles. And Ruth, and her, mother, her mother-in-law Naomi, their, Ruth's husband Obed. King David, who broke all the Ten Commandments in one, one little action, one act, some series of actions. Mary, Saul, Paul, Simon, Peter, each one of them, think about them. They all learned to be overcoming their own difficulties to depend upon God's dunamis power. We, we are all, they all went through ways of becoming powerless in their own eyes to depend upon God's power. I'm going to give you one example from the story of Moses. I want some scripture readers, please. Do we have those? 
So we're going to flash them up. Yeah, if there, there's some reads. Acts 7.22, please. Anybody wants to? Acts 7.22. Yeah. Oh, and Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and deeds. That's early Moses. He got he was trained as a uh, Pharaoh's wife's adopted son. So he trained for 40 years as a power of the Egyptians. But then, Exodus, Exodus 2, 1, 11 through 15, somebody else, please. Exodus 2, 11 through 15. Anybody? One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their birds, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to them, Why do you strike your companion? He answered, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is now is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Thank you. Exodus 3.11, please. Exodus 3.11. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Thank you. Exodus 4.1, please. Exodus 4.10, somebody? But Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not Thanks for all the readings. There's one guy I used to teach a group called Asian Access in all countries in Asia. One friend there named Rod Denton, about 2000, 2013, I think Holly and I were there for hearing him speak, 2012. We heard him speak, and Ron Denton talked about Moses. He said, Moses spent 40 years thinking he was somebody in Pharaoh's court, 40 years thinking he, learning he was nobody in the desert. 40 years showing what God could do with somebody nobody, somebody who learns he's a nobody. God can do anything through somebody who learns he's a nobody. Amen. 40 years for that, too. 40, 40, 40. God showed his power through Moses, didn't he? Age 80 when he started that ministry. I believe that humbling and emptying ourselves before God is one of the most important parts of becoming worshipers in our daily lives. Because of the accident and injury, so much of the man I used to be was taken away from me. 
I was humbled to state that others seemed to pity me. I didn't choose it, but God chose this path for me. It hasn't been very easy to process. I was trying to make sense of it. I fell into deep depression, mental breakdown. I fell into Satan's trap. I must have done something awful. So God's trying to get me big time now for punishing me for all the sins. So I, I thought about all my sins my whole life from my childhood on, from age three to, to age 60, to age 50, about all the sins I could have committed that God wants to bring judgment on me for. Went to mental mentally disabled breakdown, mental breakdown. I was actually put in a mental hospital for a week. But with God's mercy, he's brought much more healing and deliverance. I was, my, my deep, deepest depression I went through, went to Kona for four weeks, four months, to Pat, minister, Pastor David Ross ministry there, and missionary for YWAM, ministry, ministry for YWAM for four years, for 50, 50 years, 60 years. Um, I spent four months with him in Kona, and that was healing time for me. So much more now, so that, that began my, I went from deep down to starting to come up so I've been coming up ever since. So now that I'm more stable and able to receive God's mercy, does that mean I have understand what God's been up to? No, not at all. I don't know what God's doing. I don't have any answers. Oh, I'm left with seemingly half the man I used to be. Now I do what Peter says to do, 1 Peter 6, 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Submitting my life, my will, my weaknesses under the mighty hand of God, I lay my life down, stripped, though stripped and broken, I do it, Isaiah says, think Isaiah 6 with me. I stand before God and wait for a humble, wait for an angel to be sent to me with a burning coal, touch my lips, say, hear God say, who will go for us? And I'll say, here am I, send me. I pray that now I'm weak. Truly God's power would be used, made, made perfect in me. Now that I'm weak, I'm strong because of God's power worked in and through me. Believe that humbling and emptying myself, humbling ourselves before God is the most important work that any of us do as worshipers. Paradox of power and the scriptures that tell us that the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. The meek will inherit the earth. He will lift up the humble. Isaiah 57, 15 reads, I am with those who are contrite, lowly in spirit. I would to revive the spirit of the lowly and receive, revive the heart of the contrite. Isaiah 66, 2 says, These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. These scriptures teach me that in God's eyes, even though my perceived exousia has been stripped away, I'm close to being the servant God calls me to be, depending on God's dunamis power. And as the Lord said to Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, Gary. My dunamis power is made perfect through your weakness, Gary. Through all of us, that's true. God offers dunamis power to all of us. Not our own power, but what God can do through weak vessels like us. Paul continues, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in insults, weaknesses, that God's power may be manifest in me. 
I know it's contrary to our values, but God's way makes us recognize our powerlessness and depend upon Jesus Christ who gave us his dunamis power. We are mere earthen, we are mere, we are mere earthen vessels created to carry the treasure of God within our hearts. We need to let go of our own urge to use our own strength, control, wisdom, and power to live our lives. May the knowledge and understanding of John 15:5, apart from Jesus, we can do nothing, be our strength. Because we know also Philippians 4:13, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Help us lay down our power, our own power, to be led by God's power. Amen. Holly, you going to come and read a little bit more scripture for us? Carrie wants to sing a song. Of, uh, yeah, sometimes. Uh, yeah, okay. Pray read first. Oh, I, I read first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, from uh, our meditation uh, just recently, John 3, um, 30. Uh, John the Baptist, uh, as I'm listening to Gary, John the Baptist talking about how Jesus must increase and that, that he must uh, decrease. And uh, just thinking about all the things that, that, that we might have thought that, um, that just, you know, uh, going back to last year, that made us helpless, powerless, or uh, felt uh, weakened, that the glitches in our lives, uh, disappointments, um, difficulties with the relationships, or, you know, just unexpected uh, things that, that, uh, that happened that, to our lives um, that had um, made us, made me, made, made us more uh, helpless and powerless. They are not loss, actually. They are gain um, because when we are weak, that God's power is perfected in our weaknesses. And then, uh, you know, that we need to look at it. So I don't know what kind of year you had last year. You know, if there have been some difficulties that made you some powerless and uh, uh, weaker, <laughs> you know, it's, um, then it, you know, consider it a gain. And I want to uh, read from Philippians 3, uh, Paul's um, testimony and prayer, and may this be the prayer for our 2019 Amen. as we are. Um, coming into that year, that, that we may become less so that Christ would be greater. Oh, and uh, this is uh, Paul. But whatever were gains Philippians to 3, me. 7, uh, Philippians 3, 7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. 
I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained, uh, obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. I'm gonna share a song, we're gonna share, Holly and I are gonna share a song. I wrote this song in 1983, just before graduating from my, my region college, Brigham Div. I realized just before graduating, I thought I was so depressed with myself. Who am I? I can't go out to touch the world. Who am I? And so God, after many days of meditation, God led me to this song. This song? No, not this song. Um, we're going to do Octal this time. Um, and uh, there's a song that the Lord spoke to my heart. I know you through and through, Gary. I know you through and through. So in this song, um, the I is, is, I is the Lord speaking to me. I'm the you. I'm the you and the you're. This is God speaking to me. We're talking about the resolution, a New Year resolution. Um, knowing Christ, may that be part of every resolution Amen. we make and that and following the Lord. The song is called Follow Your Lord. Can we close our eyes and let the Lord speak to our hearts? Oh my goodness, no. That's not the, yeah, okay. See. I see through your eyes. I see through your eyes and into your mind. I see in your heart. I know where you are, I know what you're thinking, the song that I gave, you've left it behind, for too many days I've been out of your mind, but now you've been thinking, I lay down my life to open this door. So come now, my child, and claim your reward. Come now, my child, and follow your Lord. The path that you walk, I've been there before. I laid out the way, and I opened the door. So you could come with me. Just take up that cross that I gave to you. Step out in faith and I'll see you through. I'll give you victory. I lay down my life.
open this door. So come now, my child, and claim your reward. Come now, my child, and follow your Lord. I lay down my life to open this door. So come now, my child, and claim your reward. Come now, my child, and follow your Lord. Follow your Lord. Follow me. Follow your Lord. Come follow me. Amen. Thank us, Lord. Help us all be followers of you. In Jesus' name.
you guys stand with me one last time if you're able. Last song. Um, this is a new song to me. I believe Gary wrote this as well. Yes. Um, I was. New Year's song. Do you want to say anything about it? So I'm sure Holly can, can lead the women um, in the echo. If you can try to follow her. Um, I was struggling a bit learning this one, so I hope I do it justice. for, uh, again, this time we got to spend together, and thank you for, for Gary and Holly and their ministry, um, and thank you that we have the privilege to be here with them and to, to hear from them today. In your name, amen. And to our final act of worship, I see